Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Nonlinear Life Podcast, where we honor people's lives by celebrating their disruptions and how it changed them for the better, the worse, and the wash. So, all of the best decisions I've made, I've actually made immediately and without regrets. What college I go to, moving to Houston, even knowing when to quit my job. And I'm grateful for this, because like most people, I'm constantly weighing options, determining what's right, and conjuring hundreds of possible universes and endings like Doctor Strange. So when I can make an immediate decision, I just try to go with it. Today, we're rounding up our theme of relocations. We'll be joined by Houston native Nika to listen to how she ended up in Maryland, and how one single event that happened when she was 21 shook her completely. On with the show. All right. So what's exciting about this episode is that I'm interviewing a woman named Nika that I have never met before. Shout out to Danielle (laughs) for the connect. Shout out. Yes. So I will let (laughs) Nika do the honors of introducing herself. Hello, everyone um, that is listening. I just want to say I love you right off the bat. Just I love your face. Um, my full name is Quaniqua Roseanne Lewis. Don't shoot yes. me. Okay. She was 16 years old when she had me. I am a child of a teenage mother. Um, so yes. I, I am quite honored about that just because my mom has done so much. And I am I think I'm pretty successful for the most part. So mom um i have 14 Aww. brothers and sisters on my dad's side 14 and i have six on 14 one four yes ma'am Dang. just pray for my dad everybody just, <laughs> just put your hands out his name is eric just pray for my dad um uh 14 brothers and sisters on my dad's side i have six on my mom's side four that she birthed two that she adopted and one Aww. that is in marriage so um i have a, a large family i have a um extensive background in social work um, I love social work, and then also I am a believer of Jesus Christ. Um, been saved since I was thirteen, I believe. I'm thirty one now. Um, have my ups and downs, but I'm still here. I'm still here with Jason. Glory. So we're we're here. We're here together, and we're we're good to go. Um, I am currently in a relationship, and I love his face. Okay, I love his face a whole bunch. I've had a best friend for the past. 10, 11 years. She's going to kill me if I'm wrong, but Chelsea Malvo. Um, yes. Um, for best friend. That's, yes. And actually, my best friend knows Danielle. So Danielle really doesn't even know me, quote unquote. So that's, this is a whole thing right here that's going on. Um, Listen, Dan- so, Danielle with the plug. Just kidding. Guys. I'm telling you. Plug to know people, not drugs. <laughs> um, so that that's pretty much it. Um, I guess Very I don't cool. like talking about myself a lot, but that's that's pretty much Nika. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, where mm-hmm. were you born? I was born in Houston, Texas. Okay, and where are you living now? I'm currently living in Salisbury, Maryland. What took you to Salisbury, Maryland? So my that wonderful guy that I was talking about that I'm in a relationship with he's in Maryland initially I was coming here to visit him 
Okay. Um, and then when we were taking like a small break, that's a whole nother podcast. We were taking a small break. <laughs> taking a small break. I felt the, the I felt the Lord um, kind of impressing on me that it's time for me to move out of the state. And I'm okay. like, really? Why? So that's how I ended up here. So I'm still trying to like, God, is that you? Trying to make sure. But I'm pretty sure that's him. I have a piece in my in my heart. So initially for him, visiting him, and then uh, it, it came into a relocation. Okay. When did you relocate? Yeah. Two, three weeks ago. Oh, so this is like fresh. Oh, yes. That's, that's why I said everything is open because you're about to get all the raw emotions. Would you characterize it as like, oh, it's been like an easy adjustment or has it has it has it had its challenges? I wish you could see my face. I do like one of those. Like, <laughs> who challenges is not even yes, and it is not even physical challenges because I must say that uh, my boyfriend is doing a great job of taking care of me while mm-hmm. I'm here. It's a it's mental hurdles okay. that is the biggest thing when it comes to initially relocating. Yeah, what's been one of the hurdles? Um, so one of the biggest hurdles is the doubt and fears that come with the relocation initially. Um, you know, I was gun ho like, yes, I've been wanting to move out of Texas, God. I've been waiting for years for you to be like, cool, let's go. But I didn't know the 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 doubt wall that I was going to hit or the anxiety wall that I was going to hit or the fear yeah. wall that I was going to hit because I am currently unemployed. Yeah. So I'm being told to move out of the state while being unemployed. So I'm like, "Eh, this doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. How do you navigate that? So I, I have been employed, currently unemployed. um, Mm -hmm. And it's, there are days where I don't think people, unless you've been unemployed for a season of time, there's like heavy emotional feelings with unemployment like value like where does my worth come from I feel like I'm not contributing to society and especially if you're like in the social services field or you do any level of social work very Mm. like your whole job is helping people oh you all have been my you all have been my stuff right now and so, (laughs) so like to take away the ability to help someone from uh-huh. what you do, then it it feels like people take a piece of you, um, like a part so, of you really is just like dead or in hibernation. And right, I know for right. me, like in this season, because I mean, all I know is nonprofit work. Um, right. I've been like adamant about like, let me help this friend out. Let me go to this friend's house and do X, Y, right. and Z. Let me do this. Mm-hmm. Let me look for a job. Because, like, mm-hmm. people got bills. But mm-hmm. how has it been <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, like, sort of have to sit with the feeling of, like, oh, man, like, all I want to do is help people. I can help people, but I I got, Shadi got bills. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I. You know what's, it's, what's so amazing about this transition is that I so much about my relationship with Christ. Yeah. So you would think, like, this is okay this is a physical move like this has Mm -hmm. nothing some people would say this has nothing to do with your spirituality this is just Mm -hmm. about relocating but it literally is teaching me how to just receive from god yeah i was at i grew up religious so religious mindset is i have to do things to get the approval from god and with this move and with me not having a job and when I'm, i'm at a space where i'm literally having zero or maybe negative blase blase in my account Mm -hmm. and i can't give tithes and i can't 
pay for this person's meal that's at the church or I can't give money to the homeless. It's like one of those things where God is like, but you're good just with you. Yeah. Like, you're good. I love yeah. you, not what you do. And it's been such a beautiful transition. But how I navigated those those heavy feelings of lack of self-worth and doubt and fears is this is a non-spiritual answer, but I talk. Yeah. I'm not a talker. Not when it comes to my emotions, like yeah, but but in this time, I had to force myself to talk because I'm a person that holds stress in my body. So you may not ever see it on my face, but I have pressure headaches. Uh, my mm. boyfriend knows, and I start rubbing that right shoulder with my hand. He's like, "What's wrong? What you stressed about?" Because it's these <laughs> little things, yeah, these little these little things in my body. So how I navigated that, one of the biggest things is talking, whether that be through prayer whether that being vulnerable and talking to my best friend about some, whatever it is, I talk, I let those emotions out instead of holding them in. Have you found like a social mm-hmm. circle in Maryland? I haven't. And that, okay. that was one of the biggest things with the self-worth situation. Cause I'm here with him. He owns this coffee shop in Maryland yeah. and um, shout out to Old Town Deli. Um, so yeah, had to do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he owns this shop. So I'm here with him, helping yeah. him. Um, so I haven't got to that space of let me find my own social circle. I just know the people he knows. Yeah. And I mean, mm. two to three weeks, like that's not a very long not time. At all. That's not even a month. Mm-hmm. Um, right. What has been a joy in relocating for you? He is a great joy. And, and even just beyond being in, in a relationship with him, he was he's my best friend before we got into mm. a relationship. So I'm actually able to be here with my best friend and navigate these feelings of relocation with him. And then also, I love meeting new people. Yeah, I'm a people person. I love meeting people. So that has been a huge joy. I don't have that much of a background with car- with the Caucasian population. Yeah. So that has been because I'm, I'm a person that loves diversity, but it's just not around me enough yeah. for me to build relationships. So yeah. I, this that's probably the biggest joy for me at this point is <laughs> diversifying my circle and my community and being able to um, uh, have that diversity around me. Like Word. how I grew up. I grew up with a lot of diversity. So. Word. What part of Houston were yeah. you from? We moved so much, but I'm just going to say Missouri City. And then yeah. from there, I was A-Leaf. So I went from okay. A-Leaf, Texas to... <laughs> she was like, okay, got it. I get it. Yeah, I understand. I went from A-Leaf, Texas to Mo City, Texas. So not a lot of diversity there. I've also never really talked to someone who's like, I'm really excited about learning more about white people. Not to downplay oh, white yes. people. I got a lot of white knows. It's interesting that the introduction of diversity in your life is like, all right, I live in Maryland. There's a lot mm-hmm. of white people where I live. I'm mm-hmm. excited to get to meet them. Mm, very exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. How did you meet your boyfriend? Because um, he's played well, a big role in you moving. How I met him. We were in the same Christian fraternity and sorority, um, Alpha Nu Omega Incorporated. Very so cool. um, uh, he sent an accidental message on Facebook. So that's how we end up um, conversing. That's how we started conversing. Wait, how did he send an accidental message? What does that even mean? See, this is the thing. See, this is the thing. If you meet him, you'll be like, because my best friend is like, that wasn't accidental. He meant that. But if you meet him in person, you're like, yeah, because he's a bit, he's he's a bit quirky. So he's okay. like one of those people that really do stuff that's really accidental. But people are like that wasn't accidental. It was accidental because he was trying to share my post 
on on his page that I posted on Facebook, okay. but he actually ended up sending it to me in my inbox on a Facebook <laughs> Messenger. So, <laughs> so when he sent it, I was like, "What is this?" He was like, "Oh man, my bad. I'm sorry. I meant to da da da." I said, "Well, did you agree with it? Did you like it? It was a Father's Day post of mm-hmm. last year. I remember it. It was June 16th, 2019. Oh, when he sent that." So, yeah, that's how we uh, met. But we initially, we know each other because we're in the same Christian fraternity and sorority. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, I don't want to say like he slid into your DMs because that has some real interesting connotations to it. Right. But he like <laughs> shimmied on in to your yeah. inbox. He shimmied into Literally your tripped. inbox. Literally he, tripped in there. I like that more. Yeah. Tripped he in tripped there. into that's your inbox. Mm-hmm. Okay, so y'all have been together for going on a year? Oh, no. We actually were friends for about five, four months. Okay, uh, so y'all have been together, March. like, how long? We, our, our second month anniversary was on the 29th of this month. So you've only been together for two months. Okay, but you've known each other for a while. Um, four or five months, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've covered your relocation. Mm-hmm. There's been some, like pros in it there's been some like things that are just challenging to be in Mm -hmm. um what do you think has surprised you the most about relocating so even in the midst of all of the heaviness and um the excitement and anxiety there has been a surprising peace that i cannot um get away from um it's so surprising because you would think with everything i'm going through um good and bad it, the peace would leave, but the peace mm-hmm. is so steady. So when I wake up here, I'm like, I'm supposed to be here. It doesn't matter awesome. if I'm having a bad day, a great day, a not so great day. I know I'm supposed to be here. And yeah. that's, that's something that I'm completely surprised about because you just don't know when you're about to leave. You feel it yeah. initially, you feel this excitement. You're like, yeah, yeah I'm about to go. This is going to be awesome. But when you get here and things don't line up, it's like, wait, but I still have this piece like I'm supposed to be here. Um, shout out to Danielle again. She spoke something uh, to me that she prayed. She prayed about it and just gave me a word. And basically said, you're not going back home. Mm-hmm. When everything is not going right, that peace was just affirmed again that yeah. you're where you're supposed to be. And that's so shocking because it's like, whoa, I'm actually doing something right, even if everything may be going wrong. Yeah. So the peace, the peace is the, that's the surprising part. But I think that piece just, it plays such a big role in decision-making. So Nika, question. Okay, so in your 31 years of living, what do you Mm -hmm. feel has been your greatest life disruption to date? Greatest life disruption to date happened back in 2011 when the guy I was in a relationship with at that time died instantly or died suddenly. I was 21. We were in the middle of our relationship. So I was 21. um, He was 20. He died suddenly in his apartment. How? Life How? We don't know. He did two autopsies. They couldn't find anything. I. Man. <laughs> How long did you have been together? We, we, were to get, we were friends again. Once again, built that best friendship relationship with him. We were friends for eight months. And then at that point, uh, we were in a relationship for like three or four before he passed was he like living alone he was he was living alone 
we were in college at Sam Houston State University, which is where we met. And that's where he passed it in his apartment. How how did you handle yeah. that? Um, I wrote this down because I wanted to be really raw and, and real. Initially, how I handled that was not God first. Just gonna put that out there. <laughs> I did God did not go to God. Okay. I was angry at God. I was frustrated yeah. with God. Nothing of that made sense with God. So um initially I tried to handle it myself. Yeah. My 21-year-old self is yeah. doing it on my own. Yeah, I think mm. what's what I imagine to be complicated about that is mm-hmm. for one, you're 21 and to any 21 year old who's good listening to this or someone younger, like there's a level of maturity that you have, mm-hmm. but you're not, mm-hmm. I mean, even developmentally, they wouldn't say, all right, you're done at 21. Typically you're done mm-hmm. minimum 25, closer mm-hmm. to about 27, 28. Mm-hmm. Two, that's traumatic. Very, very. Like, were you mm-hmm. the person who found him or... I could have been. Interesting story with that. I could have been. Um, like I said, he was my best friend at that time. So I would always go over there, study with him, we'll watch movies, all that good jazz. And um, I didn't have a car at that time. And he took me to work every morning when I worked at Home Depot. So mm-hmm. the next morning, he did not answer the phone. One, that's not his character. He's very cons- He was a very consistent guy. Um, yeah. Uh, very consistent guy. So when he didn't answer, and he was really... Uh, he would just take time to just go and pray and stuff. And I, I would let him do that. So yeah. at that morning I said, okay, maybe he's just spending time with God. I'll call somebody else, take me to work. So that was Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, he didn't come to church. Now that is abnormal. He mm-hmm. never did that. Thursday, I went to go to the apartment. We, I mean, me and my best friend, Chelsea, knocked on the door Tuesday night. Knocked on it. She was like, Nick, something's not right. I said, he's okay. Everything's fine. We left. He didn't come to church Wednesday. Thursday. I went to the apartment, uh, the management of the apartment, and I said, okay, my boyfriend has answered the door, and I don't know where he's at. Could you please go check his apartment to see how he's doing? Um, And I said, could I go? She said, well, you're not his wife, so I have to go legally. She went and didn't come back for like 45 minutes. Then I was like, okay, so something's going wrong. Can you please go around the corner? And that's when I seen the the cop cars and the ambulance and things of that nature. Oh, wow. And that's when the cops came over and told me um which is crazy i always remember this part the cop came and said i said well how's he doing what are all these cops doing here he's like well he's not doing so good i said what do you mean he's not doing so good well what does that mean he's he's passed to this day i'm that cop i said you should have chose your words a little better because yeah. you're doing well and, and passing, dad and, are... and dad is two different things like yeah do do better but um, <laughs> hashtag do better um but it, it's it's that's what happened. I didn't find him, thank God. Yeah, um, I did not find him. Um, but I was the one who initiated the um, the um, the courtesy check from the apartment manager. Yeah, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. I typically <laughs> no, no, I'm, it's understandable. I'm pretty good at like, okay, as I'm listening, I'm like, mm-hmm. I have a genuine question to ask, but I don't know if I have any, like. <laughs> understandable it's understandable you were dating this guy for a couple months you've been friends for a Mm -hmm. couple months Mm -hmm. you go like it's been a couple days where you just haven't heard from him 
Mm-hmm. You finally go to the apartment to be like, hey, haven't heard from them. Can someone mm-hmm. check? There, mm-hmm. They go to his room. You mm-hmm. find out that he's passed. Um, yeah. What was, like, your immediate reaction after that? Immediate reaction was running. Um, like? Just to get away physically and mentally. I just need to just get away. So I remember that day, as soon as I found out, I, it literally was like rain to start pouring down that day. As soon as the cop said, no, ma'am, he's, he's he passed away. Rain, I'm literally, literal rain, just showered down that day. And wow. I just remember running in the rain because I just, I just needed to get away from everybody. Yeah. Um, and um, my best friend at that, Chelsea, my best friend, she just was like, the cops were like, is she, is she going to try to harm herself? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, she's not going to harm herself. She just needs to get away. And I, yeah. I actually ended up coming back. But that was my initial response was, um, so initially, I just need to get away. I was very, very, very just in disbelief that this has actually happened, that he's actually um, gone. I just seen him that, I just seen him that um, Monday night. I seen him for the last time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you like run, you come back. Mm -hmm. What does it look like reaching out to like who took care of reaching out to family or communicating to others what had happened? Because that's why I did not I did not have the commotional capacity to do that. Like period, point blank. And it was um almost hit a cop. So that can just tell you how much because he was trying to console me. I'm not that person. Don't do that. Don't don't come over here because I don't want you touching me. I almost hit him, literally. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, my we went to the same church. Me mm-hmm. and uh, Dwight is his name. Me and Dwight went mm-hmm. to the same church, and my our pastor called the parents and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how far along were you at school in school during this time? Because you're 21. Oh, that's like junior, senior year, or my junior year, spring 2011. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's coming up on nine years that this happened yes, ma'am. Yes, um, ma'am. what what did the rest of your semester look like I failed the rest of the semester yeah uh I did not I didn't go to work nor to class for I think the rest of the semester because he passed in February okay um and if I did go to class I literally was just sitting there yeah didn't do any work um I was out of work for like two or three weeks went back to work um but if I went to class, it literally was a, I'm just here. Uh, yeah. I failed, got an academic probation in that summer, and I came back around that fall. Did anyone, like, come around you during that period to be like, hey, Nika, counseling? Or, because <laughs> I, I feel like what's yeah. difficult is, like, um, a lot's going on, and yeah, I think... I think the natural response to loss is like a compassion, but I think as like an outsider, you sometimes like, listen, I don't know what I'm going to say that's going to hurt. I don't know what I'm going to say that Mm -hmm. will help. I don't know if anything I do will make it worse for her. Um, I don't want to be too pushy. Like, Mm -hmm. and so what did it look like for people to like care for you in that season? Cause I also think losing a boyfriend um, mm-hmm. carry similar feelings to losing a spouse even if people Almost. don't treat it as yeah. such right no yeah very true 
Very true. Very true. Um, so typically, I'm I'm a I'm a very strong. Like I said before, when you were talking about, it, I'm the person that people come to. Mm-hmm. So I think people were really leery about coming to me because one, they probably think I got it. That's mm-hmm. one first and foremost. Like, oh, she good. She, she's a strong person. And then two, I didn't talk. So that's that's the reason why I said earlier that I talk now. Yeah. But back then I didn't talk. Back then I'm like, you're not going to understand what I'm saying, so I'm just not going to talk to you at all. It was very. Um, I remember being alone a lot. Yeah. What do you feel was actually the most helpful for you? Like, what would you have wanted? That that's such a hard question because it's. It, I would get annoyed, right? Because I want to talk about Dwight, but I feel like people don't want to keep hearing about a dead young man all the time. Yeah. But that's the only thing I could fathom. That was my life at that point was being the girlfriend of someone who just passed away. So, yeah. Um, it would irritate me a little bit when people ask me to come over or make me come over and talk about everything else but Dwight. I'm not going to reach out to you, one, because I don't talk. Yeah. I don't feel like you're going to understand what I'm going through, so I'm not going to reach out to you either. So it was just one of those things, like I said, I dealt with it on my own. Counseling? Yeah. No. no. Nobody brought up counseling. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, I, yeah. what's challenging is that counseling, I feel like it's becoming less stigmatized in the African-American community. Still, still kind of stigmatized in the Mm African-American community. If they don't, it's not going to be good for them. Like, what were the consequences of you not sharing anything? If I can be honest, I feel like I just, one, I just went to Dwight's grave for the first time last year. Oh, wow. Last year. Wow. And he literally is, he's buried like literally like maybe 45 minutes outside of Houston. Mm -hmm. So it's not far. I can easily drive there. But I just went to his grave um, last year. So last year would be seven years. Yeah. Seven years. One of those. But um, I didn't, I didn't, I, one of the problems was I shut people out. I shut his entire family out. Anything that had something to do with Dwight, I shut them out. I Mm -hmm. shut his mom out. I shot everybody, siblings. I shut out everybody because that was the only way that I could deal with trying to move on. Because I think yeah. my mom invited me to the house. She's like, you should come over. I was like, what? And see his room? No, thank you. I'm yeah. good. Mm-mm. So a lot of unnecessary, um, what's this quote I saw? I was putting band-aids over wounds. So my wounds were not being healed at all. Yeah. The trauma was not being healed at all. I'm just covering up what I'm yeah. going through. So big big thing is I shut everybody out so I just went to his grave last year actually for the Mm -hmm. first time and um it just made it real because I think (laughs) this may sound crazy but in the back of my mind I'm like maybe just gonna pop up you know that wasn't really his body that's what your mind goes through with trauma Mm -hmm. it makes you try to justify things yeah and um it made it real real for me enough to move on because if we're not vulnerable we'll never heal yeah. If you're not vulnerable about your emotions, you're never going to heal. So one of the the icky parts about people asking me to talk is I don't want to cry in front of you. I don't know you. But that yeah. was a part of my healing. So I didn't heal. I just healed or really started the process of healing last year. Yeah. So seven years of me, quote unquote, walking dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or what triggered the pathway for healing for you? 
um actually what triggered the pathways is, is bad relationships and and noticing that I'm the one that I'm the common denominator in all mm. these bad relationships and not just not just romantic ones even with yeah. my family I'm guarded with my family I'm guarded with my best friend we've been friends for 10 11 years like shout out to Chelsea she has seen me go through some transitions yeah um so just just I'm the I'm the I'm the problem and I had to come to that that issue of I'm the problem and then once I got there went out to this big like I'm the small circle then it went out to the big circle of oh you're guarded oh why are you guarded because you've lost some you've lost somebody that really 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 was close to you I don't Mm want to get close to other people because if I get close to them something bad is going to happen to them that I have to deal with that pain again so I had to and then that's why I got in these I knew they were going to go nowhere relationships Mm-hmm. with guys who I knew there's nothing near marriage material because I don't have to get connected to you to be in a relationship with you. I can just be in a relationship. Yeah. It's just, I don't have to be really connected or bonded with you. Um, um, so me seeing myself as the common denominator of all these failed relationships is what headed the, um, what headed the, um, the healing process and that I didn't see anything positive in my future. How do you think you've changed because this happened to you? I was like, I, I'm not gonna cry on this podcast. It's not gonna happen. But um, please feel free I, to. No, I mean, and I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. But um, I think how I've changed. I've I got Nika back, and mm-hmm. I may be the, the a real strange statement, but I've got Nika back. The Nika that likes to hug. The Nika that loves on people. The Nika that's goofy and weird, and yeah. that's been. Um, um, like I was telling my boyfriend the other day, it's kind of like this. I was in this building, it collapsed. I was on the bottom floor, and all this, uh, this, these pieces of rocks and things and that stuff has been on top of me for seven yeah. years, seven, eight years. So I'm finally getting out of the the, um, the rubble. Yeah, I'm finally Nika is finally coming back alive. So the biggest thing that I've learned is that it's okay to be me, and it's okay to connect to people. Yeah, um, that's it's, beautiful. It's okay. You know, um, it's okay to be you. And um, one of the biggest things, the biggest hurdles, I thought I was a part of the reason why he died. So I blame myself. Mm. And I feel like when you blame yourself, you don't think you're good enough for anybody because you cause death. That's literally what my yeah. mind in my mind was. You cause people to die. And mm. um, so finally, I just got to the space of you can be you. You can love on people hard and um, you can get close to people. And it's okay. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I think... From what it sounds like, it almost seems like like when he passed, so did you. Um, Literally, you put that right in perfect words. Literally. And mm-hmm. that something about what made you you at the time had to go away with him. And mm-hmm. so I think the recovery for you is like, okay, like I can fully be myself. And there's so many lies or, yeah, there's so many lies that we believe about life just generally. Mm -hmm. And how we exist in it and how we operate in it. And I think what's challenging is that lies repeated over time begin to feel like truth. Um, They begin to come, become our truth that we operate Mm -hmm. out of. And so I think Mm -hmm. that, I mean, I'm, again, this is our first and longest discussion, but like, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you've recovered yourself. I mean, I think that the goal my goal in life is to be as truly human as I was intended to be. That's um, it. That's it. What 
what has been the most fun rediscovering about yourself? That I'm goofy. (laughs) I'm a very goofy person. Um, And it's so amazing because my best friend is the weirdest person, but she is so quirky and beautiful and lovely. And I've always wondered, why am I so connected to her? Because I met her maybe a year before Dwight passed, so we really didn't know Mm -hmm. each other. But um, she would tell me, like, like, she she would tell people she's so nice she does so this and um that part of me died um mm. so realizing that i'm goofy and then of course my boyfriend is the goofiest person in the world he'll bust out in tissy roll like writing little words like yes. that's just him you know so it's 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 reaffirming like this is who you are because you're connected to him and beyond that in prayer and in worship like god is telling me i love you so that's with that confirmation affirmation from god is like okay cool i can be me I can yeah. be goofy and the person I'm actually am. So knowing that I'm this goofy, eclectic, um, kind of all over the place person is good to rediscover because I lost her. Just being being a human, mm-hmm. those two things, knowing I'm goofy and then knowing I'm human. I think knowing that I'm human is probably the biggest, like, yep, you're going to get these flaws. You're going to get these mistakes. You're going to get all of this because this is just who I am. Um, and it is what it is. So the goofiness is the biggest discovery and um and i can say and I'm, i'll probably bring him up a lot so anybody who's on the the podcast that listens this is a new relationship so I'm, i talk about him a lot but being in a relationship i yeah. never thought never if i wasn't one i was going to be a guarded person i was literally just going to be there but i'm so bonded to him that it's scary because i'm feeling those same feelings of 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 bonding and closeness and connection with him like I felt with Dwight Mm -hmm. so a lot of it is just like okay I love you but I'm freaking out I love you but I'm freaking out you know so just being in a relationship is probably probably top three of the learning about myself that I actually can be in one and be happy in one Mm -hmm. that's awesome yes ma'am so as we sort of round out around round up round out round something our time together what mm-hmm. with relocating with healing um from trauma in the past what are you looking forward to most in life like in the next year the next year i am so looking forward to people experiencing me mm-hmm. the real me yeah not the guarded me not the scared to connect me not the one that had to had to be this perfect person or feel like I have to be this perfect person for you to love me. I'm so looking forward to being Nika and, awesome. and knowing that I can just love on people and just building those genuine, sincere relationships. And um, that's probably the biggest thing. And since I have been healed and I am becoming more whole, people are getting a whole Nika and not a broken Nika. And mm. I, that's what I'm more, I am so excited about that um in the next year in the relocation in relocating that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's awesome nika thank you so much for agreeing yes ma'am to be on this podcast thank you so much for sharing your story um not only just the relocating piece from texas to maryland but Mm -hmm. also just the hardship and trial and trauma and gladly the healing that came from losing someone that you really loved at such a young age and then in such a sudden way Um, yes 
if people wanted to keep up with you on the mm-hmm. social medias, how could they yes. find you? Actually, would you want uh, them to keep up with you? Oh, yes, please keep up Word. with me. Um, I, I am um, on Facebook, Neke Lewis, N-E-E-K-L-E-W-I-S. Please, I'm all about meeting new people. So that's that. Um, on Instagram, I'm beautifully comprised on Instagram. It's beautifully spelled out underscore K-U-H-M-P-A-H-Y-Z-E-D. Yes, a lot. But if you put in beautifully <laughs> underscore, I'm probably going to pop up. Um, yeah. And my name is actually Quaniqua Lewis on Instagram as well. So either one of those ways will pop up. Um, I'm not on anything else. That's just a bit much for my life. I can't have that's, all these social media apps. That's fair. Um, that's fair. Open. But those two. Yes, ma'am. Very cool. And what I can do is, like all my episodes, I will put links to your social media on the episode notes. Awesome. So if people wanted to find you, they could. Also, if you're an employer in the Maryland area, holla at your girl. Listen. <laughs> listen. People you. need jobs. <laughs> LinkedIn for holla. the win. Bills are, they're here. They're here. They're here. And, and, and they're being real disrespectful. So, yes, <laughs> if, um, if, if you do, I'll be so grateful. Very cool. Thank you so much, guys. And this is the end of today's episode. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, y'all. If you like what you're hearing, please feel free to rate the episode, leave a review, or share with friends. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Nonlinear Life Podcast. Join me next week as we dive into our next theme of the season, love. See you next week.